16, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. I read, says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now know we him no more. We do not know him anymore after the flesh, but after the spirit. Very, very critical. Very, very critical. And then the next verse gives us a paint a better picture for what we're talking about for our discourse. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now verse 18 is very critical. All things are of God who had reconciled us to himself. So someone mentioned something really interesting. said, born again means you were born before, and now you are born again. So you were born before in the flesh, and now you are born in the spirit. Very critical. Um, the great philosopher, the great uh, man called Nicodemus came and said, hey, are you telling me that I need to go into my mother's womb again and, and be born again? What are you talking about? Because he said, except a man be born again, he cannot, you know, see the kingdom of heaven. And the man was like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? This does not make sense. So Jesus came to reconcile us. So we are born first in the natural, and now we are born in the spirit, spiritual. We are born supernaturally. So it's a supernatural activity. So he said he had reconciled us back to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? So we, because we are born again now, our responsibility is to go reconcile our brothers and sisters back. But he that is in Christ is a new creature. The key word there is new. What many of us have unconsciously done is that we have taken our old and carried our old life into this new body. We have tried to put new wine into an old wine skin. And you know what Jesus said will happen. So the old man that's supposed to be dead and gone, forgotten, is still alive in us. Now, this message is critical because I'm not just preaching to you. <laughs> As you know, every time I bring Bible study, I'm not talking at people. I'm also speaking to myself included. All things are passed away, but many people still carry the old ways into the new body. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we still together? 
Yes, sir. Hallelujah. 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 It's critical. You cannot put new wine into old wine skin. The regenerated man putting him in the old container, it will burst. The skins will burst because the old container is not designed to withhold new wine. What do they do? Jesus was saying in Matthew 6, uh, Matthew 9, verse 16, 17. He said, if you do that, you will lose the wine. So you put new wine into new wine skin, and both of them are preserved. So when we're talking about the subject of setting our minds on the things above, we are not saying be so heavenly conscious that you are earthly useless. Because many people have taken it to the extreme. Oh, I'm looking on to Jesus. Nothing else matters. And then they are really earthly useless. Set your mind on the things above. Comes from first understanding. Understanding this contract you have signed will belong to him. By the way, I'm not going to assuming that everyone that comes for Bible study is born again. I won't do that anymore. So, if as we speak, you are convicted in your heart that truthfully, I'm really not born again, please send me a DM and then afterwards we'll speak and then bring you, reconcile you back to Jesus. Because if you are not born again and then you are listening to the mysteries, understanding the things of the kingdom, what we are doing is putting new wine into an old wine skin. And guess what will happen? It will waste. It will not be able to sit well. This is critical. So if you're not born again at the end, just do me a message behind the scene and then we'll figure out something. But it's critical. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we still together? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He will not be a new creature. He already is. And the process of being born again is Romans 10, 9 and 10. That's the process. You believe with your heart and then you confess with your mouth. You have not done that. You only believe with your, with your heart. I say, oh, I believe. You and the devils, you believe as well. They also believe, but they never confess that Jesus is Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we still together? This is the word of faith we preach, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him up from the dead, you shall be saved. That's the formula. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Satan believes that Jesus is Lord. 
It's not a matter of, oh, I don't believe it. He believes it, but he doesn't confess it. He doesn't confess it. He acknowledges it. It's true. That's a fact. Ask some unbelievers. They believe that Jesus truly is the way, the truth, and the life, but they never confess it. That's the difference. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is the formula. In Colossians 1, from verse 12 down to 14, you find, giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who had delivered us from the of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins so being born again one you are being delivered from the power of darkness where you resided and then there was a translation you were relocated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, which is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. There was a translation. And if you are not aware that there was a translation, you will still carry because you still think, oh, we are still an old wine skin, we are still in the kingdom of darkness, we'll still exhibit the trait of the kingdom of darkness. Now, it is your spirit man that gets regenerated. That's, that's what get, gets born again. But your mind, your body remains the same. If not, once you get born again, if you're a duck, you just automatically become fair. <laughs> but that does not happen. So your spirit man gets born again. And then that's why scripture tells us to renew your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed because there was a translation. Then there needs to be a transformation. You cannot be translated without transformation. Translated, you just arrive there. Transformation, you begin to come into, you, you take cognizance of kingdom that you are now a part of. That's why you come for Bible study. That's why you study the word. You are learning about your kingdom. For those of you that relocated and migrated to different nations and become uh, sign up for their nationality and give you certain tests to pass to ensure that you are eligible to take the oath and then they expect that you know what the constitution says about its citizens. So when you take the vow, they are expecting that you are not just an ignorant person just taking some random thoughts. Take you through certain uh, processes of, um, uh, what's the word? What's this word I'm looking for now? Um, when you, what's this word? No, not training. Um, Give me this word. When you just join an organization, orientation. They take you through a process of orientation to inform you about where you are, what you're about to sign up for. If not, they can just look at you. Hey, on the street, come, come. You are ready to become a citizen. Take. You are now a citizen. Why do you think they do that? Induction. I like that word as well. Why do you think they do that? To transform your mind into 
thinking like people who are part of that um, country. Now, we are all about kingdoms. There are only two kingdoms. There's no middle ground. There's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. This is why Jesus said, I would rather that you be hot, light, cold, dark, that if you are lukewarm, if you are in between, you are declared that you are for darkness. He said, I will spit you out of my mouth because you cannot be in my mouth and be lukewarm. He will spit you out. Why? Because you must either be in the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. Are you still following me? Very, very critical. I'm just laying the foundation as we begin to, to ascend. If you are still with me, say amen. 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 Praise God. And please, anytime we come for Bible study, it will do us good to not come, come with an open heart to be able to really see because one of the times when I started reading the Bible, I, there was a lot of contradiction in my spirit because what I knew, that was what I was reading, they were conflicting each other and it was a struggle. The popular one was, oh, there were three, three wise men that came to visit Jesus. But the Bible never said three wise men. The book of Bible stories, who remembers that yellow cover, hardcover book? It just said three wise men. And that became the foundation that we started to grow up with. So when you see in scripture that he didn't say there were three wise men, it starts to like, oh, have I believed the lie? Hallelujah. So come openly, and that's why I can, I can preach without reading the scripture. I'll definitely preach from the word. But the reason why I'm always reading scripture is so that you can also go back there and look again to be sure that this that is talking about is from the word. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope that's clear enough. So, he said, he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So, the moment you believe that Jesus is the Lord and Savior, and he died and was resurrected, you confess him to be your Lord and your Savior, automatically you are translated there. Now, you are not just dumped there. Now you now need to learn about the kingdom. Now that's why the Bible tells us, as newborn babes, newly born again babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you will grow thereby. Now the word of God is your constitution that you need to learn. That's where you learn about your human rights or spiritual rights. Now, Hosea 4.6, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge or because of lack of knowledge. And Isaiah 5.26, my people have, or Isaiah 5.13, if I'm not mistaken, I'm 13. My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. So knowledge, constitutional right, is the reason for activity. Now, you get born again, you are Oof, you are translated already. You are there. You are born again. You die, you are going straight to heaven. But you now need to, it's your responsibility to grow thereby. Hallelujah. So that's the foundation that I wanted you to see. Now, stay your mind on the things above. Jesus said, you are not of this world. Even though you are in this world, 
You are in the world, but not of the world. The world will hate you because you are not one of them. But the sad and painful reality is that if we really, really are honest and we have an open audit within ourselves, people are not able to differentiate who is of the world and who is just in the world. Are we still together? If you are going to be very honest with yourselves, that the difference between light and darkness is getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. To the point where you get surprised when you say, oh, this person is born again. I'm like, what? Really? How? That's not my discourse. John chapter 3, verse 11. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? If I have told you, if I have told you, Ibane Kabase Talia, if I have told you of earthly things and you don't even believe me, how shall I? How shall you believe when I start talking about heavenly things? No man had ascended to, up to heaven at the time, but he that came down from heaven, that's Jesus, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. <laughs> is that not a contradiction? Hallelujah. If you don't believe me, how then? How then? It sounds like a hyperbole. I'm talking to you about earthly things, but you don't believe me. Nobody has ascended to heaven. Nobody knows what's happening up there except the Son of Man, which came from heaven and is in heaven. Was he physically in heaven at the time? No. But his mind was there. Hallelujah. Are we still together? And in verse 14, And as Moses yes, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So Jesus was clear about his assignments. He made no mistake. He made no mistake. He was clear. He was clear. Hallelujah. Amen. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I read from verse 1. If ye then be raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Hmm. Hmm. 
if you are risen with Christ, like you so claim, your goal, your pursuit should be the things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Mm. <laughs> like I said, many, many, many people have decided to stay on the extreme side of things. Heavenly conscious, earthly useless. And when I mean useless, I mean useless. You could see that they don't want to be here. There was a time where some people gathered in one mountain. They were praying because they were waiting for the return of the Lord. They sold everything they had. Did you hear about it that time? They sold everything they had. They resigned from their jobs. They gathered food, gathered some things, and started. Because they said Jesus was coming. You know, I think they had a prediction or something. And they went to a mountain and pray for Jesus to come. And this was a while ago. So, people, if you are on the extreme, you will still be wrong. Because you must understand what he's saying. Because he, he said it clearly here. He said, set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. So you can have things here, but your affection is not given to them. Praise God. Set your affection on the things above, your goal, your gaze. The perfect man can perfectly describe this was Stephen. He preached the gospel to them. He was not an apostle. He was, just a, he was just a regular brother and he was selected to be a deacon. And he was moving and operating signs and wonders. And then they accused him and then they charged him and then there was a verdict that he should be stoned to death. They were stoning this man called Stephen, my namesake. And if you look from history, or look at that time, you'll see that when they stone, they're not stoning you with little stone, heavy, heavy rocks. But Stephen's eyes looked past them and looked to the heavens, and the heavens opened, and Jesus was standing. That was the only time that scripture represents Jesus standing, because regular scripture will tell you that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But he looked the pain of the flesh and his focus, his gaze was above. Amen. The extreme of this will be don't, don't bother about your children's fees. After all, we are all going to heaven. That would be foolishness on rampage. You need to chain it down. So we are not saying, be so heavenly conscious that you are earthly useless. No, it's saying, set your affection. So the things, the same way you are affectionate or, in quotes, passionate about the football clubs. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are affectionate about, uh, what is it called now? Uh, 
Z world. That are people still connected to it? <laughs> you affect you are affectionate to different things. But he said, look, because if you say you are risen with Christ, stick those, your pursuits, your heart desires should be on the things which are both. A litmus test that I can give you now, that all of us, if we take it, we will be found wanting. Check the contents of your prayer point. If it's filled with me, 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 my family, me, 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 me. For some people, there is no the will of God involved at all. So for some people, there is no the church of God Things of God is me, 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 me. Can I continue? Or are you upset already? You can be upset, it's fine, but no, I love you, right? Yes, sir. Set your affection on the things above. Like I said, gradually we start correcting the many things that we learned while growing up. So this is what we grew up into the faith. They're born again and you become a billionaire. Now the reason for depression is not necessarily because things have not happened, but because I'm not yet a billionaire when he said, if I become born again, I become a billionaire. So God has disappointed me. God has failed me. So we set unrealistic expectations. Because we do not get it. I'm going to come there. I'm going to address it today. You still love me? Yes, sir. So what are you affectionate about? I'm sure some of you have notes where you are taking notes, right? The question I want you to write down. What are my what are my top ten passions? And you have to be honest with yourself if God is going to help you. And I'm not ashamed to say this table. <laughs> Some people can call me chairman there too. What are your top ten? What what are those affections? Those things that, my God. Your top 10, write it down on one side. And sincerely, write down your top 10 prayer points. I should have asked that before we began, because I know now many of you will be, you know, but be honest, because you have to. You know that prayer we say, search my heart, Lord? Who remembers? Have you done that prayer before? Hello? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. that, 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 this, this is the answer to that prayer. Search my heart, Lord. Then go check your first 10 and top 20. Then like maybe like 60 seconds is now there. <laughs> but remember the balance. I'm not saying be so heavily conscious that you are utterly useless. Then you are useless to both. Can we progress? Some people are already frowning. I can feel the... Please, don't beat me up. <laughs> God will help us together. Set your affections on the things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. 
Can I ask a question? Can a dead man feel bitter? Quickly, anybody? A dead man. Can you feel bitter? No. Can a dead man feel insulted? No. Are you sure? Are you very sure? He's dead. He's, is he conscious anymore? I think he's left, isn't he? He's just his body dead. So he's dead. When a dead man want a big house, no, sir. No, because he's not going to live to. He's not living in there. No. Okay. Thank you. Now, I want you to answer so that I know you are not angry with me, so that or I can switch to a sweeter message that will ginger you. You like that one? So we are fine. We want the truth. And Amen. the bitter truth. No, no, I'm not saying a dead man in Christ. I'm saying someone that has died. The doctor has said R.I.P. to this one. Can he desire a big house? That's the question. It's not a metaphorical question. No, no. He's gone. Now, someone is about to die. He has 10 minutes to die. And you offer him $22 million cash. You put it in front of him and then you say, chance to be alive. Choose. What do you think he will choose at that point? Life, because where we live, Are you sure? I'm talking cash. I'm not saying bank transfer or cashier's check. The cash is in front of him. Take this one or take life. Which one will he choose, please? He will pick life. Yeah, if he chooses the money, he's not going to live to have the money, is it? In 10 minutes, he's going. So it's useless to him. Mm. 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 I like that answer. <laughs> Laura, thank you. You got some families, yoga. What your being alive is useless to us. Die so that we inherit the money. <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm just trying to bring to light. <laughs> money does not count there. Thank you. Hallelujah. Very critical. So let's continue reading. Set your affections on things above, not on things on, on earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You are dead. The old man is dead. The old desire is dead. The old passion is dead. So the life that's why Paul said in Galatians 2.20, the life that I live, or for I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What does that mean? I die to my own ambitions. I die to my desires. I die to my passions. I die to many things, the things I love, my dream, my vision, my goal, my plan. I die to it all. This life I live is no longer mine. Living for Christ. So what matters to me 
my priorities become the priorities of Christ. Do you get it? Do you get it? This is what it means to make sense in the kingdom. Now, you get born again, you make it to heaven, you get in, that's no trouble. But how long or where do you want to stay in heaven? Some people I know people say, oh, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. That's great. But for eternity, because the essence, the extent to which you go for him here determines how far. There are people that will sit close to Jesus. There are people that will sit very far. And there are people that will never, they will just be in one place. At least they are not in hell. Why settle for that when you can have something better? You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, oh, I love the scripture, who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Then he starts to advise us. Let's read verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Hear this. He's not talking to unbelievers. This is what I need you to see. This the Colossian church. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers who are still now who are still dragging the old man with them on the journey. Look at what he said. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Not one fornication. Pause. Can I tell you that many in quote believers still fornicate like it's nothing. Can I tell you that? Many, many is rampant. And in case you are in Somi and you think I endorse it today before God, this is not acceptable by scriptural standards, by Somi standards, it is not acceptable. By mistake, I fell. That's fine. You cry to God, He will forgive you, and then you get on your way. But you are living there? No, it's not acceptable. The prince of this world cometh, but findeth nothing in me. That's scripture. There are many believers who are preparing to get married. They live together, already having sex, already doing all they do as a married couple, but they have not yet married. After all, we will soon marry. It's unacceptable. A scriptural standard. We will not go. God loves you, but He will not break His principle because of you. He will not lower His standard for you. Jesus did not come to lower the standard. He came to fulfill it so that in Him we have fulfilled it. Praise the name of the Lord. 
when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall appear with him in glory. When he says he's coming for a perfect church, he's not, he's not coming, he's not saying he will manage what he finds. And it's our responsibilities as shepherds, as teachers, to bring the truth to God's people. Because we will also answer. Because someone can say, oh, my pastor never told me. Even if that excuse would be very foolish before God, because the scripture will come and say, but I was here. Did you not read your scripture? Did you not read me? And the pastor you too, why did you not? But that does not say, okay, because your pastor did not tell you, yeah. I hope you hear me, people. Jesus will not lower his standard for you without spots, without wrinkles, without blemish. The reason why many believers are powerless, you want to bind a, 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 a devil, then you are living in sin, and the devil will be looking like, am I a joke to you? In that realm, they are spiritual laws. He that breaks the edge, the serpent will bite. Hallelujah. For power to return to the church, then the church must be spotless. No wrinkles, no blemish. Holiness is still the order of the day. It's not old school to be holy. It's not old school to be holy. You want to bind a demon. And demon is a bros. You that you are our customer. Should we should we tell should we start talking? And I'll say, ah, it's true, it's true. Say, say, oh, oh, just cover up. I heard of a story that a man went to do deliverance for somebody, for a lady. He was doing deliverance. I command you to come out. And the lady was looking at him. Uh, she was laughing. In the name of Jesus, come out, come out. The lady was laughing. True life story, people. And then the lady got upset. Say, if you don't shut up, they say, Who are you? I challenge you. In the name of Jesus. You know what the lady did? She did a hand, she just raised her hand and waved it. And his manhood stood in front of the church. <laughs> was protruded in front of they had to cover him and out of shame you cannot judge disobedience when your own obedience is not complete if you are still with me say amen what gives you the right standing amen. to judge amen. disobedience is your own obedience the bible tells us about jesus he learned obedience through the things he suffered and now he has been given a name he was given the name that is above every name in the name of jesus every knee bows why because the prince of this world came and found nothing in him that's the principle, people. That is the principle. Let me continue. Because the standard 
is almost like the Christian standard has reduced. It is now regular for people to get pregnant before they get officially married. While we are not castigating to throw the baby with the bathwater, but the rate of these things are now alarming. It's now like the norm. And if you, and because pastors are so afraid to lose members, you rebuke them, they'll leave your church and go to another church. After all, are you the only pastor in town? <laughs> well, I'm sure you know what happens here. I, I think uh, we are very few that chases members. I told you, I'm not called to everybody. I really am not. If the truth makes you uncomfortable, then you need to check your salvation if truly you are of this kingdom. Because the Bible tells us that those he loves, he chastises. If he loves you, he, he will chastise you. If he does not love you and nothing, you are living life anyhow and there's no checks. No, no, the Holy Ghost is not convicting you. It is possible that he had moved on. Amen. Many times when I come before God, I'm like, Lord, I want him to chastise me. That means he's still interested in me. For many of you during the days of uh, a relationship, when you have moved on from somebody, you are no longer in a relationship, but the person does not know. If the person like, let them do anything, you just go, mm, not consign me. Doesn't it's not my business at all because my heart is no longer there. So if you like become wayward, use yourself, use less yourself. Mm -hmm. But the one you love, you chastise. As parents, we chastise our children, not because we are terrible people, but because we love them and we want them to be better. Amen. See what Hebrews says. Thank you, Laura. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. As a father, if you go to the street and start disciplining someone, someone can stone you and slap you. Who, who are you? What gives you the right to discipline this child? But as a father, and I discipline my child, nobody can come and ask you, why you discipline your child? Because I don't want the child to become useless in life. Say amen. Amen. Like I said, it's been ticking in my spirit for a while. I didn't know today would be the day. But I'm glad it is. You are illegitimate if God cannot correct you. If you are offended by this message, it's, it's a sign of your heart posture. Because first off, I didn't come to tell you I was better than anybody. I came and I said, look, even me, myself, I'm taking some internal reflections. Set your heart on the things above. But these are the things that indicate where your allegiances lie. If you are comfortable with sin and the Holy Spirit does not convict you anymore, I can, I, <laughs> there's no conviction, you sin, 
No conviction, you are at peace. Please go and check your certificate of bonegainism because it's, it is possible it has expired. And don't come to me with this one save ever saved gospel. This scripture is talking about it's, Colossians is talking to believers. He's telling them, let fornication leave your, your midst. Because it was regular there, because the old man followed them into the new apartment. Let me continue. I didn't intend to stay this long today. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth. You are in the earth, not of the earth, of the world. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness, which is what? Idolatry. Are we together? Let me read the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, so kill, deaden, deprive of power. I was saying to someone recently, I said, look, being single and then the urge for sex is not a bad thing in itself because that's what you need when you get married for procreation and pleasure as God deemed it. Because he said uh, marriage is uh, on the bed is uh, undefiled. That's what God said. But before marriage, the feelings will come. I'm not saying it will not come. But don't allow it drive you Action. Don't allow it push you. Don't it should not control you. Can't help myself. No. Let's look how it says burden. Burden. Deprive of power. I had a preacher once say, Do not let your erection bring direction to your life. No. You control, you can you put your body under. It's not yet time. When it's time, all well and good. Now, the extreme of this is people kill the emotions, they kill everything. When they become married now, they cannot resurrect it again because the resurrection power is not available. Amen. Burden, deprive of power, and evil desire locking in your members those animal impulses and all that is actually in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice. Impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness. For that is idolatry, the defying of self and other created things instead of God. So you put these things in place of God. That's what Paul is saying in the scripture. Bedding the desire. Greed is now regular. And sad reality is some of us pastors also encourage it. And I'm going to bring the balance when we get there. If I close. So I'm not going to dwell in it today. All covetousness. 
I want to have what my neighbor has. If only I can have what my neighbor has, my life will be better. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. A man's life, is it does not consist. Your life is not as valuable as how much you have in your bank account. That's why the rich man went to hell and poor Lazarus went to heaven. And you'll be on the earth for a short period and eternity for eternity. Show me, hear me. In case you say I've not said it before, I'm saying it today. Mortify therefore your members. Amplified classes called it, called it employed in sin. And I told you, it's talking to believers here. For which things sake the wrath of God torment on the children of disobedience. For this same reason, this same reason, the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. He said, it is, Levi Classic Translation, it is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will. This is the reason why these people will go to hell and then you say it is found in you and you call yourself a believer. Repent today. In the name of Jesus. Verse 7. In the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. So this is how you guarantee he was talking to believers. Say, remember, this was your life before you came into the Christ. But now he said, take it away because it came with you. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Filthy what? Communications out of your mouth. There are things one day God will give me the release to talk about. There are many things. In this walk with God, in this pursuit of the things of the Spirit, that the Lord had to personal, through visual revelation, personal talk, get this out of your life, get this out of your vocabulary. I was in the world, and you talking vulgar was normal. Then I was a rapper as well, so you know you can't rap without some vulgar things. And one day I realized, after getting born again, uh, after renewing my mind, I realized that I could not say. Sometimes when, I, when I'm talking or describing something and I'm trying to use some words, I cannot bring myself to say them. I can't. I try to. Like, I literally can't. And many people have laughed at me and said, what? Say it. I can't. Feel the communications. Many things that the world celebrates and say, this is great, this is okay. 
This is allowed now. As long as you are married, it's allowed. But not all things are allowed. Is someone learning today? My prayer is that you hear me through the Spirit of God. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. The old man has been put off with his actions. It is gone. It is gone. Don't bring it back again. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You are renewed through knowledge. There is not that they just come and wear you plume. No, knowledge as you know, you are renewed. Praise the name of the Lord. Please read all through that, 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 that chapter of Colossians because of time. Now let's see our perfect example, a man called Jesus. Set your mind on the things above. This is how you gain mileage in the kingdom. This is how you grow. This is how you have authority in the kingdom. There are many people in the church. There are many people who say they are born again. There are, but there are many people who Jesus will really say, I never knew this. It is true. It is true. If it were not so, he would not have said it. Am I saying... You can't make mistakes here and there. Oh, fine. Oh, God knows I made many mistakes in my time. But don't remain there. Don't keep going back. If you keep going back over and over and over, and over he said, uh, and then you quote, uh, um, how they put it? Uh, shall, shall we continue in sin? Uh, grace may abound. He said, God forbid. He said, for where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. He said, hey, now grace will, as I go far, grace will keep following me. <laughs> There are many people who were 10 times smarter than you that try to outsmart the principles that God set. Before you cry to God, genuine repentance, God, give me grace never to go back there. And then you get up and go. Not because God is so forgiving that, that you say, oh, I'll keep doing it. If I suppose, say, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow, then I will not ask for forgiveness. The Bible calls us deceivers of our own self. John chapter 4. See the, this man called Jesus from verse 27. And upon this came his disciples when he was talking with the woman at the well and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ that we have heard about? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed, saying, Master, eat. Look at Jesus here. Look at why the Father loved him so much. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He didn't just say it because he begot him. There were actions that Jesus did that caused that statement to stand in eternity. Master, eat. Verse 32. But said, 
unto them, he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. May God give us this grace to walk in this dimension. I have meat to eat that you are not aware of. I have meat to eat that you do not know of. This was Jesus' response. Akradila sonifetela. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Had any man brought him or to eat? Have they given him something to eat? Did they bring Gala and Zobo for him? Was there snacks served to him while he was talking with the woman? They were thinking, on this realm, look at what he said. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say mm. hmm. Nobody can look at your list, your top 20 list, your top 10. Is his will part of it? Genuinely, you have to be honest with yourself because you are not submitting to me. You are you and the Holy Ghost. Genuinely, is his will part of the top 10? Then it tells you where your heart is. That is true. Because the first place you must, the lamp is the word, is a lamp to my feet. It will first show you where you are before it becomes a light to your path and show you where you are going. My meat is to do the will of him. Are you telling me he was not hungry? I tell you he was hungry. Because the conversation they had before, they went to get something to eat for him. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me to finish his work. Oh, God, help me. Help Steve over. This is my meat. This is my longing. This is my desire. To do the will of he that sent me to finish his work. That's why on the cross he declared, it is finished. I have done everything you said to do. Whereas there are people that are still in the place of, Lord, what is your will? Set your hearts on the things that are above. Set your affection. This is passion that was speaking. The things that were driving Jesus crazy were doing the will of God. That was the thing that he gets high from. It didn't make sense. They had brought food. And he said, I'm not hungry for this. What I'm hungry for is to do his will and to finish his work. You want Jesus to call you his favorite or his most beloved? So people say, oh, Jesus does not have favorites. Be dead, deceiving yourself. He loves everybody. He already died for us all equally. But don't think that you are you have equal level of grace with everybody. You'll be deceiving yourself first. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. His focus was in the heavens. 
while he was on earth. He made disciples. He had friends. He loved John, the beloved. He, he loved everybody. He troubled the Pharisees. Vipers. But his passion, his affection, was on the wheel of the Father. Verse 35, say not ye that they are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. They are white already to harvest. And then he prayed the prayer. He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. He was talking about evangelism. He was preaching the word of God. He was preaching the kingdom. That was his assignment. He was so focused on the assignment. Did he have time to eat? Yes, he did. Did he have time to sleep? Yes, he did. Did he have time to interact? Yes, he did. Did he have time to create friendships? With Lazarus, with Mary, with Martha. Yes, he did. But his affection was on him that sent him. Praise the name of the Lord. Paul said in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We thought about it. This Oh, he just encountered Jesus. He just he went blind, fasting for three days. And then asked him, lays hands on him, and now he's seen. And when he had strength, the Bible said the next thing he, did, he stepped out and was preaching the gospel. And he was proving that Jesus was the Christ. And yet we want to walk in the capacity and dimension that these people walked. Our joke is joking. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Is gain. Why? He's not saying to die a useless death. He's saying to die a death that will bring about the harvest of souls. Says gain. Is gain to the kingdom. And they ask you a question: What value are you to the kingdom of heaven on the earth today? What value are you? Or am I too harsh in my question? Are you just marking time? When there are people that have been told they have less than 48 hours to die and they are crying and begging God, Lord, if you give me another chance, I will do better. I promise this, I promise that, I promise this, I promise that. And then there are other people who are just living life, just walking, just, just consuming and just wasting time on the earth. We are already in the last days, people. Time we don't have anymore. For me to live is Christ. My life is gone. This one I'm living is the life of Christ. It is as if Christ is still alive. Whatever I wants to do is what I want to do. He said, I put my body under because this body, if you allow the body, the body will just be leading you anyhow. It will lead you to, it, it enjoys sin because it is fleshly in nature. It is worldly in nature. Its natural habitat is sin. Just leave the body in a plate of rest. It will take you to sin. It is natural disposition, sin. 
So if you follow the flesh, you are in enmity with God. Try it. Decide that you want to pray and see how your body will start giving you all the reasons why you are not ready. Just try it. Shut your mind and say, today I want to pray for two hours. Praying. In five minutes, I can assure you, your mind will have gone to everywhere. Hey, now that there is light, let me quickly iron. Oh, what will the children need tomorrow? Oh my God. Next week, school is about to resume. Hey, what am I to do? The flesh keeps trying to resist and fight. And guess what we do? We succumb to it. So it's better you sleep now. You know you've not slept for the past two days. Why did you not sleep for the past two days? Oh, I was watching a movie. Very comfortable in that state. Seven hours. Consuming. And then when he comes to his presence and fellowship with the one that made you, then you now use time. Set alarm. See, Lord. Next 20 minutes. Oh. And then you do do you check time. Ah, this 20 minutes is far today. He said, Let he understand. Take heed. Paul said somewhere, he said, check if you are still standing. Check, 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 check your desires. Put them on a way, on a weighing scale. Are you now more worldly, more fleshly? Than spiritual, or are you more spiritual than fleshly? Set your mind on the things above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Akosiakata. Final scripture. As I round up. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I read from verse 19. It's a long read, but please listen with your heart open. Lean up. Not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Mm -hmm. What? Why? Where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Mm. But the Bible says to leave inheritance for your children's children. Yes. But follow the essence of the message. It's not challenging. It's not saying do not. That's why I'm saying uh, this scripture will balance out everything. It's not saying to be earthly useless because you're heavily focused. Because if you're doing that, then you're like those people that went somewhere. Sold everything. Many people in Nigeria even did it. Sold everything. And then the Ayakoma, it was a sad sight. People were doing very well at work. Great job. They resigned and they took their things, bought food, distributed for everybody, and they stayed in the camp. So Jesus is about to come. Those people that are there, they, they are useless. They don't know what they are doing. We are the ones that Jesus will come and beat. And after a while, one day, this flesh, it will ask you questions. Say, sir, sorry. <laughs> ah, <laughs> the money we need to survive has finished. <laughs> Our focus is on heaven, but we need money to function on the earth. 
We need food. We need supplies. No money. Everybody, now the whole money they brought in is finished. All the things they needed, finished. Wasted. They are lost weight that many families never recover from these things. The error of doctrine. Paul was all about Christ. He was even a tent maker as well. He said, I've learned to abase and I've learned to abound. When there's nothing, oh, an opportunity to fast, God is still good. The sad reality is that we are in a generation where the blessing of God is now equated with earthly materials. We forget that the Bible says the blessing maketh rich. The blessing is not rich. The blessing makes it. It is part of the things that is added. It's a sad reality. Remember, I'm bringing balance. Because it's very easy for, after this kind of message, people now go to the extreme. Go to the place where God did not send them. Let's read from Scripture. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rot, rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where your mind now is, supposed to be, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And see the, where Jesus scattered all the tables. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Pause. Mm. 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 Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if I had to do a quick audit and go around, where is your treasure? Lay not up treasures on the earth where it can be stolen, it can be corrupted. Recession. Many billionaires lost billions of dollars. There was nobody to arrest. <laughs> you, were, you were a billionaire and now you are a thousandaire. They committed suicide. The treasures were on the earth and inflation and many things shut it down. Or he says, lay up your treasures in heaven. Let it be there. Because where your treasure is, so also will your heart be there. Your heart will be there. And your heart is supposed to be with Christ. But if your heart is not with him, and it's in the idol of the car you want to drive, it's in the idol of the wife you want to have, the husband you want to have, that's where your heart is, you cannot say your heart is still with him because your heart cannot be divided. Jesus balanced this out so much because he told us that these things will be added to us. But they are not the primary focus. So if God has not given you the house that he promised you, there are people who will literally say God is unfaithful because they have not gotten what their hearts truly want. The reason why they are in this thing called faith, this journey, 
Oh, I joined the fast because I wanted to get married. I joined the fast because I wanted to buy a car, but I didn't buy the car after joining the fast. I feel like I wasted my time because I did not get what I bargained for. Mm. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. The sensitive subject of money, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. God wants us to prosper. Of course, why? Look at the scripture. Zechariah 1.17. Try yet, saying, Trust yet the Lord of hosts. My cities through prosperity shall yet spread abroad. Through prosperity shall my cities, my people, the gospel, the gospel be able to spread. That's the primary reason for prosperity in the kingdom is for the advancement of the gospel. That's the real primary reason. That's it. Have people not abused it? Have people not stolen? Forget about that. The primary gospel, the gospel you are reading in scripture, my seat is through prosperity. So God releases abundance because of his plan. Why did God say to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go to the Egyptians and borrow gold, borrow silver, went and they spurred Egypt, gathered all the treasures of Egypt and they got it. They were hopeless on the left. Why did God do that? Because he needed to build a tabernacle. That's the reason. Are you hearing me today? Or should I close? He was going to build a tabernacle and then he forced them to acquire these great things and when they got to the wilderness and then he asked them, Moses asked the people to give. Voluntarily, they have to Told anybody how to massage the ego of people. Uh, there are some people, if you don't recognize them, they cannot do all those things. He called for these things and they brought them. Moses had to turn people up. We have enough. Did he finish with them? No, he did not finish with them. He didn't finish. But what was God looking at when he caused that transfer of wealth? His panacle. He gave Moses the dimensions and everything. The people brought the materials to build it. Moses turned people back. We have enough. It's okay. It's okay. Then after a while, Moses is in the mountain and then you know what happened? They turned that same prosperity. They formed an idol from the prosperity that God gave them, which is the order of the day today. formed an idol. They created a golden calf. And Aaron, that's supposed to hmm, said, this is the God that delivered you. The calf that was just built. Really? Really? They gave out their gold. They gave out their, their earrings, their, their, their precious stones. They gave it out for the building of, of an idol. Those people that complain that, oh, the, the church, they're just after money. It's them where they put their real money in. That's where you see where their heart is. It's those people. 
the same prosperity God blessed them with, a, a golden calf. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Go and ask a man that is, has invested in a stock price. And then you call him, say you, my husband, I need us to have a conversation. Lucy <laughs> to you, but his eyes are on the stock. Because if it loses, he has not everything. And you are there saying, you're not taking this, our relationship very seriously. I need us to, to deal with this thing. You say, I'm, I'm hearing you. Then, but his eyes is on the stocks. Uh, on crypto. Is it crypto? And then, what is this other one? Forex trade. Uh -huh. Where people have lost a fortune. The eyes are on the Forex trade. Say, you know, I feel like we're not connecting. Wow, your eyes are on the Forex. Where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Am I still audible? Have you blocked me? <laughs> it's better we are honest with ourselves and stop deceiving ourselves because we'll be very miserable if we deceive ourselves, being deceivers of our own selves. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's not a prophecy. Check where your treasure is. Look beside it. You will see your heart there. Verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, focused, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. There is no in-between. There is no... What is the average of bright and dark? What is the average? Dim. Dim. <laughs> How great is that darkness? Then verse 24, the real place. No man can serve two masters. Please, people, this is not my word. This is the word of Jesus Christ. No man, he has examined, he has lived it, and he has declared by the principle of creation that he made, the, 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 the mysteries that powers the creation of man, he has said, man is not designed to serve two masters. Jesus spoke. Your creator said it. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, this is too deep to just walk past. You can't serve God. I expected it to be you can't serve God and the devil, but no. He said the only Satan is too small to compare himself with God. The only thing that can compare and contend for the heart of men with God is money, mammon, the spirit behind it. You cannot serve God and mammon together. Your heart occupancy is one city. If God is there or mammon is there. If mammon is there, you deceive yourself to think it is God that is there. Either you will love the one and hate the other. So if you love mammon, you already have declared that you hate God, even though you are in church. I'm sorry. It's my responsibility to bring truth to you. Not my words. Jesus speaking. 
Say, but why are we walking? Why are we hustling? Why are we striving? Hey, are we supposed to hate money? No, that's not what he's saying. You will see the balance Jesus brought. Money does not make evil. The love of money. The love of money is the what? What's the saying? The root of all evil. That's why someone will sacrifice his mother that birthed him. Will sacrifice his mother for money. Will sacrifice his friend. Sacrifice his child for money. The love of money. When I must make it at all costs. Those conversations lead to evil. It's the root of all evil. Not money is not the root of evil. Because through prosperity, the gospel is spread. So money, thou. For the love of it, I must make it at all costs. And Jesus said, money is a master. Money is a master. Let me move on. Verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, Jesus wanted to bring a balance. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life that you have more than meat and the body more than raiment, so Jesus was saying, because after this kind of conversation, everybody will be like, ah, what are you saying? What are you saying? So he started to balance it out. Why do you need these things? Don't take thought for it. Let that not be your priority. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thoughts, can add one cubit unto his stature? Taking thoughts, sleepless night, turning up and down. Lord, you are not faithful to me. Why? Tell me, why is he unfaithful? He has not fulfilled this promise, that promise, that promise, all those promises that feed to these things. By thinking, worrying, and then the Lord said, Worrying is negative meditation. You are meditating negatively. Which of you, by taking thoughts, can add one cubit onto his nature, stature? Are you not better than the birds? But the father feeds them. He opens his hands and feeds them. Now, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. Jesus is speaking. This is such deep wisdom that if we can really get it, it will solve many, many things. How they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet, I say unto you, that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Jesus is the one speaking, so it's true. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the whole oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So our worries, our complaints, oh, God has done this. 
God has not done that. It's a sign of our faith. We don't believe God. We don't believe He is good. We don't believe He is worthy of our praise because He is not capable of taking care of you, especially to the standard that you expect. Little faith. Therefore, what's the solution? Take no thought, saying, what shall I eat? Or what shall I drink? Or where without shall I be clothed? For all, after all these things do the unbelievers see. That is their goal. They want to make it. They're struggling. They're hustling. If you are also doing the same, then what's the difference between you? Mama Kaya said it in the last, fellow, uh, last physical fellowship that we had. She said, if the result of getting a car and buying a house is all you are in the faith of, then you don't need God. Because you can work hard, you can be smart, you can develop a business proposal, blah, 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 and then get it. You don't need God to get those things. If that's all you're after, then, then why waste your time living holy? Why waste your time with the restrictions of fellowship and prayer? If that's your goal, go to the world, also get it. Am I communicating? The young ladies now have sugar daddies paying all those things, driving expensive cars, living in, in very uh, expensive apartments. And then you see some people like, God win. Now you look at the results from the world and say, God win. You are comparing yourselves with the unbeliever and saying, God, you are not faithful. Though. See this person that is my mate, younger than me. Look at the result they have. And I've been serving you. Are you seeing? Are you seeing the reason we are serving? And I've been serving you, and I've not gotten this. I've not gotten that. Then our priorities are mixed up. See what he said. After all these things, do these Gentiles see? For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first. Someone say first. People are still here with me. Oh, I thought you've left me. Yeah, Seek here. ye first. first. Someone say first. First. Say first again. That is the key. Seek ye first this kingdom that you are now a part of. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God first. God first in everything you do. God first. The zeal, the passion, the desire. God first. And all these things. So God is not unfaithful that he will not give you these things. But if you are seeking those things first, and then God is a backup, then mm, mm, mm. seek ye first the kingdom first. How can I bring the will of God to pass? God wants all men to be saved. He has given us the a ministry of reconciliation. So I'm supposed to win souls. I'm supposed to tell somebody about Jesus. It is God first. All these things will be added. These things that we have left God to be chasing are designed to chase us. So I can assure you that these things are surprised that you are chasing them. Amen? They are not designed for you to chase them, especially if you're in the kingdom. If you're still in the world, that's fine. Please do well to chase. Chase very well. But if you're in the kingdom, the order of the day in the kingdom is that these things will be added to you. Am I saying, okay, don't be lazy, don't do anything, they will just come to you? No. 
No, no. But seek ye first. Seek his will. Seek his counsel. First, seek first the kingdom. Can I advance the kingdom? Lord, what, what are you trying to do in this vicinity where I live? What's your plan for this place? And then you start to pray. And then he shows you, say, okay, since now you are interested, let me show you what I really want to achieve, why I put you in that place. And then the moment you start aligning with his plans and purposes for that place, guess what? Everything you need starts to locate you. They start coming including your husband, including your wives, including the cars, including the jets and all those beautiful things. They are addition. They are to be added to you. You are not to pursue after them. So now, pursuing after these things, now you no longer have time for God. Why? Because that was your goal. So before you had them, you were, you were always fasting and praying, always worshiping, tears are coming from your eyes, loving on the Lord. Now you got the thing that you so desire. Now you got that baby. Now you got that husband. Now you got that job. Now you got that car. I'm too cool for God now. I'm so tired. You know, when I get back, I'm so busy. I can't fellowship anymore. I'm so, so, so pursuing all these things. You know, I'm chasing after this, chasing after that. And God is like... God first. Jesus was hungry. And he saw a people were hungry for the word. They gathered. And he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. To finish his work, not my work. I must confess, I have ambitions. I have expectations. I have things I'm trusting God that should be in place by now. I have them. And it's not wrong. But after certain evaluations, I saw that the ambitions were more about my reputation, were more about my how people perceive me. They should see me like this. Because you can set out seeking the kingdom first and you start to sleep without knowing. And when I looked, I said, wait a minute, where is God in this matter? <laughs> can I shock you? That you can be, your ambition can be doing and working for God, and God is not in it. Are you aware? Your ambition can be doing what? Doing the things of God, working for God. Can be serving God. The God of the work. but he doesn't see you anymore. Now I can't fellowship because I'm, I'm taking care of his sheep. Oh, you know, I need to be there, get after the sheep. And the Lord of the sheep does not have access to you anymore. So you cannot use your human wisdom to try to deceive God because he knows the heart. So once in a while, do a reflection. Why do I want this breakthrough? Why do I really want it? Oh, no, for sure. I'm going to pay my tithe for sure. Why do I really want it? I'm going to pay my tithe to support the work of God. I'm going to give an offering. Why do I really want it? Is it really to advance his kingdom or to advance your image? You know, a prophet said to Paul, 
So the one that owns this belt, this is how you will be tied, hands and foot. His eyes were set. He said, look, he already showed me the things I must suffer for the kingdom. In the book of Acts, when Paul and Silas were locked up in prison, what you did not know is that they were locked in the innermost prison. They were naked. They had whipped them. They were cold, shivering, and they were left naked with stripes of, of sins. And what was their response? They prayed. The signs, the Holy Ghost came down. Not once did you hear them complain about how unfaithful God is. These people were, were dehumanized. They, they, had, they, they, were, they were forced to, 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 to urinate and, and, and waste where they were. They flogged them, left them naked in the cold. And they didn't say, God, are you still on the throne? The three Hebrew boys. They said, God is able to deliver us out of this fire. But even if he does not, we will not bow. Check to see if you are still in this for the right reasons. And if it's all about what you can get from him, God is a generous God. He gives, he doesn't just bless his people. He doesn't send rain to only the believers. He sends it to us all, everybody. He gives you a, a playing field. For some, time and chance happens to them. Yeah. But if our pursuit of him is only for the material benefit we get, then of all men, we are most miserable. God's design is to bless us here and in the afterlife. That's what he said to Peter. When he said, we have given up everything for you. We have done everything. What are we going to get? And Jesus said, in this life, you will get a hundredfold. So God is not a user. God is not just going to use you to pray and to bring his counsel to pass, then he dumps you. No, that's not God. But you need to have faith in the, that he sees you. He knows your needs. He knows your desires. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in him. Seek him first. The desires of your heart no longer become selfish. It becomes, you know, selfless for him. Praise the name of the Lord. These things will be added unto you. It's the gospel. Does that mean God does not want me promoted? No. He said it in his word. Promotion neither comes from the east, or the west, and the south. But from God. The God of all. The judge of all. He brings one down. Lifts up another. Do you think that the criteria for him to lift you up? This one will bring my will to pass there. You get promoted at the job. You don't, you don't despise those under you. You treat them with respect. You love them. You are firm. You push them to do their work. But you are not a prayer point of another believer. And you are a, a child of God. 
I said to some people one time, I said, look, many believers fund and sponsor fighting the will of God because they don't know his will. You fight his will and then you come later on Sunday and start lifting up hands. Lord, I worship you. You don't know him. Because if you know him, you will know what he likes. You will know what he does not like. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Jesus, when he was teaching them to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the first thing before give us this day our daily bread. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your mind is on the things. You set your affection. What is, what is on God's mind? What, what will I do that will make God happy today? What instruction? What does he want me to reach somebody? Does he want me to share the love with somebody? The money with me, am I a steward or is my money? If I'm a steward, then he can come and say, hey, that money that you just got, send it to this person. Send it to that person. Lord, what about me? Don't worry. But I need, that person is asking me for something urgently. And I need you to route it to that person. I'm a steward because he gives me the money for me to be able to distribute. And something has happened to me in the past two weeks. I realize, and I, I get the message that God was trying to share. And I'm going to share this with you. For one reason or the other, I've been in custody of money for some people one for the church um for my local church where i attend we had a program called garage sale so it requires some money expenses where people donate money properties and everything and then they, the church will sell for a very cheap amount so people get it right i'm sure you're familiar with garage sales and then for one reason or the other i was nominated even i wasn't conscious Enough. I was nominated to be the custodian of the money, right? So different people will send money and then they'll send a request, send money to this person, send money to that person. So I was doing it and I had to keep records and everything. And then something else came up in church that the, the church needed to contribute money for to help someone that was in debt, right? Some serious debt. And then, you know, the conversation was there. And then I nominated, I unconsciously, I will not do that. I nominated myself. I said, no. You can use my account. I'll receive the money. I'll, you know, articulate and then I'll, I'll send it out. I'll disburse as required. And then thirdly, you know, someone, I'm holding some money for some somebody as well for some other project that he's doing. Three, at a time, before now, <laughs> I'm not sure in my memory if, you know, that has happened. But I said to my wife, I said, what? What is happening? Um, suddenly stewarding three different people that don't, they're not connected to each other, but I have their money. And then when they have a need, they just send me a message, oh, do this here. I, I was frustrated at first. I'm like, oh, I keep having to have better things to do. I'm having to transfer money. I have to update the Excel sheet. I have to keep record of the monies that was given to me. Three, just in the past few weeks. 
I've been able to close out two and then just one left for him to close out and I'm done. But I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? And today I finally get it. I'm a steward. I'm a what? Steward. So when the one that has the need requests it, they just send a message and then I don't go telling them that, ah, no, 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 I can't do it too. Ah, this one that is already in my hand, a bed at hand is what happened uh, in the bush. I'm a steward. That's the message God was trying to teach me. Three people. I, what? Who did this happen? Three, three different people. I'm stewarding. And then they'll say, send money to this person. And I'm like, I'm starting to, to send I'm so busy many times. I need to update, I just calculate so that. You know, uh, if the money is short, then I have to pay for my, my, my money. I'm a steward. That's what the message God was trying to show me. That's what we are. Stewards. You don't tell them, oh, nah, sir, sir, this money is almost finishing. You can't ask me to send to that person. No, sir. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah, I said it to you and you have given that exact response. That's why I'm saying it. We are custodians. As parents, they are not my children. They are, <laughs> children are heritage of the Lord, the fruit of his reward. As arrows, they will meet with the enemy at the gates. They are all God. They all belong to God. We are only custodians for a while. And then we submit them to the will of God. Is someone hearing me or have I lost you? So he took these three. <laughs> This three, me becoming, it got to a point, I started to look at myself, I, man, I hope, I hope I'm still respectable for me, they were sending me a message, send money to this person, I'm like, when I get the message, I'm a steward. So everything God channels my way, he expects me to come before him, Lord, what's on your heart? And the good thing about being a steward is that you also enjoy benefits, like the example I gave for the children of Israel. They got the gold by favor, and then when he needed to build the tabernacle, he called for it, and they willingly submitted so much that the prophet needed to shut the door. It's enough. We have enough. But today, which is not an excuse on their part, but the reason why most people get to cajole is because when they call for resources for the work of God, for an assignment, people don't re respond. They lock up. Then they start to bring in prophets who appeals to the lost in our hearts. I see that by tomorrow, a big breakthrough is coming. Then the money that you had that you refused to give when it was time for offering, you bring it, you go and gather it and go and sow it. You are not sowing to God. You are sowing to that because you want to give, put a little and get a lot. Am I communicating? So I'm not saying they are right, but that's what has made many people, they need to get people who are sweet talkers, talk you out of your money. The gospel is free, but I tell you it's expensive. My God. That is why 
through prosperity will my cities yet spread abroad. The gospel is free. Buy the truth, sell it not. But it costs you to buy it, but don't sell it. So we don't sell the gospel. But the work of ministry, expensive. So people now engage in certain gimmicks. Prophesy one, two, the emotions of people are stirred up. They now say, oh, God just told me now to ask you to give. If he heard God, that means God really told him. And that's why he said, God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't want you to be manipulated to giving him. No. He expects that you understand that you are a steward. I've told you of the many, many times where he would just tell me, hey, send this to this person. It's, no, it's a no-brainer, even if that's the last. I told you last time, I can't remember which of the meetings, when you know, I had gotten the previous house, we just rented, we just moved in, or I think we had not moved in, or I think we went to pray for the place. And when we are done, I was looking at like, this is really nice. And then the Lord said, it's a gift from me to you. Ah, thank you, Lord. But uh, is it really a gift? Because I paid for it. I paid the rent. And then he said, oh, you paid the rent? Then I, re I realized, I said, I'm sorry, Lord. It's really a gift. Because who gave me the strength and ability to work to get money? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Shem. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrines anymore, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves tickets, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Itching ears. Tomorrow, you're going to be a billionaire. Let me go. I take that my life, save it, and give it to you so that I'll be a billionaire tomorrow. What you sow, you reap. And likewise, and you, you must be sensitive. If the Holy Spirit does not instruct you, don't do it because it will just be, I won't call it a waste, but. Hallelujah. Money was a very important aspect to the point that Jesus went to inspect an offering. Think about it. Why? What business did he have? Jesus, holy Jesus. What business did he have with offering? There was no cajoling. People came and gave offering, and he was he, he monitored the offering, and then he talked about the offering. He said, Of all of you, this woman gave the most. Why? She only gave any bit. But what did she do? She gave all she had. Maybe I should explain that scripture. You know, it's a very touchy subject for me. I avoid it at all costs. But avoiding it will not help people. They need to know the truth. Second Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says, or verse, verse 6. But this I say, 
Paul speaking. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he proposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity. I need to say this. For God loveth a cheerful giver, someone that has understanding of giving. God loves that person that is kingdom first, as he purposes in his heart. So Jesus was monitoring offerings. Some people were rich, so they gave a tiny token, even if that tiny token may be a lot. So let me just assume that you know the offering was in dollars, and then so some a man that had maybe $10 million gave a $1,000 offering. That's big to offering, right? That's amazing. Like, whoa, man. You know, I had a pastor back in the day. <laughs> uh, depending on the tithe you bring. So if you bring tithe that is flat envelope, it will just bless you, anoint you with regular oil. You bring a seed that is fat. On the altar, in front of everybody, you say, go, no, 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 go and get me my special oil. Oh my God. Special oil. So imagine you, and you that's all you can afford, and you're bringing that before the Lord, and then they just bless you regularly. Then someone is coming with an offering that is huge. Special oil. Do you think God will honor that? God does not look at that at all. You can tell from the story of the uh, two men that came before him. One is looking down like, I don't deserve to be here. And the other one like, I'm not like this guy. Pay my tithe, come to church, and prayer meeting, and this, this, this. God, Jesus said, Who among them? I tell you that the one who looked down left justified, not the other one. So, the, like I said, the pastors, unconsciously or consciously, I don't know now, has also fueled the greed of the people. So, the guy that gave big now feels like, Oh, yes, because he can use this scripture. He sweat bountifully. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about in comparison with what you are worth, what you have. Is it clear? Are you starting to get uncomfortable? Is it a touch point? Amen. Amen. Have they left me? It's okay to leave me truly. Amen. So right here. It's okay to leave me. And this is why the Lord said to me, do not raise partners. Don't. If you know how I struggled within myself to start taking offering on a Wednesday, you have no idea. Left for me, I will give you everything. God has blessed me and I'm so thankful to God. I will give you everything for free. I will. But God said, you are not helping your people by doing that. The offering system is designed by God to bless his people. So let him give not grudgingly, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So if that aspect is locked just because we want to protect them, then you are not helping them. So it is for their advancement 
That's the only reason why. I struggled many times. If I show you my notes, I have the date last year or two years ago, if I'm not even mistaken, where God told me, now you can take offerings on Wednesday Bible study. <laughs> One year, I delete. I did not do it. Because I understand how it's been. But it's not my place. That's why it's not compulsory. And truly, many people are not even able to. So you don't say, oh, because you're not giving offerings. So I'm not going to talk to you. Come on. Many people charge to have one-on-ones. Many of you have told me. You pay $1,000. You pay all those things for one-on-one conversation, session. Yeah. And they are not even hiding. I'm not saying it's bad. Like, the, that's their consecration. I don't know their dealings with God. But I can only answer for myself. So I'm not talking bad against it. But he said to me, do not raise partners. The work of God, it will be done. Whether people give or not. It is his work. So every time we have the opportunity to partner, it's a privilege that we are partnering with God to advance his work. Praise the name of the Lord. Some people are still arguing, oh, I was still supposed to pay tithe. I was supposed to do that. The loss of their hearts. It just shows. I say you don't pay tithe because God will bless you. He has already blessed you. He has already. And he has designed that for his work on the earth, this is the structure that will ensure the gospel keeps coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we blessed? Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. Oh, I like this translation, message translation. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give that will protect you against sub-stories. Are you sure the person that read this message translation is not from Africa? Or I'm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in giving. Many people feel very terrible after giving. And I say, oh, they deceived me. And I didn't get what they promised me. Your heart desire. It just checks your heart. Praise God. And then, you know, the preachers also encouraged you by saying, Oh, there was somebody that gave me a car. And then the person just got 200 million dollars. And they lost and greed in our hands. We said, Wow. So if I give him a car, I'm going to get this. And then they go and give him a car. Whereas the part that you were not informed was that God told that person, give your pastor a car. That was the instruction that needed to unlock whatever he needed to unlock. And he opened it. Then. By that testimony, everybody will now come give car. But God did not answer. I said, God, you disappointed me. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Set your eyes on the things above. Praise the name of the Lord. God desires for you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. But I told you, everything God does, he does for his son. I told you, the angel of God told me clearly. He said, if you want us to walk 
for you and bring resources your way. Partner with God. Partner with the will of God and we will bring resources your way. Angels told me this. You align with the will of God, they will bring resources your way. For six years, we ran swimming strictly on my resource. I funded everything for six years. There were many times it was difficult. Many times it didn't make sense anymore. Many times the temptation to like, we close this because it's not working. It's never been a money-making venture for me anyway. But I was struggling. Nothing was working. Man, six years, I funded it. And then one day God came and said, okay, you have passed the test. Because he was silent watching. What's your end goal here? Is it to make money? Okay, money was not coming anyway. So will things continue? And when he saw that we're faithful, he said, now I will bring partners to you to help you with the work. And God has been faithful. We have not gotten where we want to get to, but I promise you that God has been faithful. Month in, month out. If you hear our expenses, you will not believe it. You will say we are too small to have this kind of expenses. But God has been faithful. We've never had a month where we owed anything. To God be the glory. God has been faithful. So his work will find expression, whether we partner or not. Amen? So set Amen. your heart on the things above. Let where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. If your treasure is in the kingdom, guess what? Your heart will be there monitoring your investment. So the end of my gist is really check if you are of the kingdom or you are just here because of what you can get. And it's okay. There are many people come to church because they want to get married. I know many people that come to church because they don't have a job. They want a job. The moment they get a job, they're up. The next time they have a problem, then they come back to God. Say, Pastor. You know, being this in this pastor work, okay, it's so funny. I've seen I've seen all kinds of things. Ah, pastor, you forgot me. You abandoned me. <laughs> it's me. Suddenly, I'm the one chasing you. Before you were the one chasing now, I'm the one chasing now. I've seen all kinds. So I'm not too impressed. And that's why God told me earlier, I'm not, I love you all so much, but I promise you, I'm not emotionally attached to anybody. So if you tell me you have to go tomorrow, I will pray with all my heart and release you to go. So that others can come. Because I keep telling you, my KPI is to do the will of him. And he told me early, he said, do not be attached to anybody. Many people will come and stay. Many people will come and go onto other assignments where I will need them. Many people will come and not even like your face and they will go. You get what I'm saying? So he told me that early before people started coming. So nobody will be so special now that you will break my heart. I'm sure some of you that have been here long enough, you will know the story. I've said it many times. Oh my God, time is fast spent. I'll say this and then I'll close. The church that really trained me, they trained me, they really did so much, built me up and everything. 
And then when it was time, the Holy Spirit showed me a vision that it was time to go. But because the pastor loved me so much, he wanted me to be a pastor, you know, a branch pastor, but that was not my destiny. It became a serious problem, a very serious problem. They started preaching against me in the altar that had blessed me for so long. They started to talk against me that I was listening to devils. I said it was the Holy Spirit. I was heartbroken because I said, sir, you taught me to hear the voice of God. You doubt that God told me this. Then I decided I was not going to go again. And then an angel came and said to me, leave within five days or have your light and fire put out. And I had no choice. I said, sir, I got to go. And they said he was not going to bless me. I said, no problem. The one who sent me will bless me. And I can assure you that I've been greatly blessed. Am I saying live in rebellion? No. If the Lord said. That's why I always announce it. Many of you always come back to me and say, stop saying it. It's like you're chasing us. I have to say it for my own heart's sake. So that the day you come and tell me you have to go, I will not feel bad, I will not feel angry, I will not feel bitter, and start saying, oh, I need you. <laughs> Make out men. Praise God. With these few points of mine, I hope I've been able to communicate that we should set our hearts on the things above and not beneath. Please, I apologize if this message sounded like I was trying to manipulate you into giving. Please don't if you feel manipulated. Um, my assignment is to preach the gospel and then allow the word of God do its work. If you feel you, you feel like this message was an attack against you, then it's an indication to check where your heart is. Because truly, where your heart is or where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. If you are just here to use God, I can assure you, don't think that God is not aware. God knows your heart. The Bible tells us that the eyes of God goes to and through the earth, looking for whom he will show himself strong towards. He's searching. He's searching. And I told you many times, when the eye of the Lord comes your way, you may be asleep. So you will check your motives. Check. Many of you, the reason why some breakthroughs have not come is God just helping you not to die before your time. Helping you to not miss heaven. Because some people, you know, I heard of a man that took a loan from a bank for a business. The moment he took the loan, he went straight to the village, took a chieftaincy title and took a second wife. Straight. And it's happened in church many times. Breakthrough comes, oh, all these pastors are thieves. You know, the same pastor that when they call you before to check up with you, you say, oh, pastor, I'm so glad you're checking on me. Thank you so much. Thank you to you know, encourage you and pray for you. Now you have some money. Pastor calls you, say, I know he's after me for money. Yes. Oh, pastor, we've not been seeing you. What's going on? Well, I've been very busy, you know. I'm so, they need me in France and Turkey. They need me in Pinocchio. <laughs> because I learned something. Don't trust the man that is desperate. Trust the man that has everything because only time will reveal his true character and nature. Praise the Lord. So with these few points of mind, I hope I've been able to communicate without necessarily offending anybody. Like I said, this message is also a slap to me, myself, and my responsibilities to teach it. 
and learn from it because when the day of judgment comes, I will also be tried by the contents of this message. So my prayer is that God will see us through and that we will not be found wanting in the day that he comes in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you have, I have time for one question, just one question. I have spent too much time. Um, you have a question, a clarification you want to have, or you want to shout on me for talking to you this way, please feel free. The floor is yours. One, one question or comment. Okay, can take two comments. Two comments. If your heart is pricked, if the Holy Ghost is convicting you, then please yield, repent, and ask him to help you realign. I had to do this myself like a few a few weeks ago. Um, was it a few weeks? Not too long ago, actually, where I brought my ambitions, my desire for growth. I brought everything before the Lord. I said, Lord, in case I now want to blow, in quotes, and it's that zeal that is driving many things. I repent, Lord. I repent. So I don't even care about any of those things anymore. I just want to do the will of God. And I was speaking to somebody and I, I, I heard myself saying, and I think it will bless somebody if I share it. I heard myself saying that many times we feel we are ready for something. But God, who is the true judge, is the one that knows when we are ready. Did you hear me? We feel we are ready and we deserve something. But God, who really knows when we are ready, if we are not ready, God will withhold that thing from us because he loves us. No father loves his daughter, his four-year-old daughter so much that he will give a brand new key or a key to a brand new car, a Maserati to a four-year-old to drive. You don't love that child. You want to kill the child. So you will withhold it until the child has come of age. And then when you see that this child has been properly trained, you can now release that blessing to that child. So I heard myself saying it, and that word blessed me so much. Because when it's really time, you know what will happen? Isaiah 60 verse 1 will come. Arise, time, for your light has come. So if you've done all you know to do, and your light is not shining, it's okay. As long as there are no forces of darkness resisting you, you've checked and you are sure about that. Rest in God. Because one day and very, very soon, he will tap you. Arise. Time for your light has come. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So when you feel like, you know, what you call delay, oh, this thing has not happened because it may be just God saying, hey, I need you to take care of these areas so that when you shine, you don't go exposed. When you are in the spotlight, every hidden thing will be exposed because they see you closely and they start to see those flaws that God wants you to deal with while you are in the, uh, not yet in the limelight. So he's the one that knows when it's time. When it's time, I know he will come and say, arise. Time for your light has come. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Um, if there are not any, if there are no questions, if there are no questions, 
like for us to pray one prayer, one prayer, one prayer, one prayer. Lord, help me. Put your ambitions before him. I told you I had to pray that prayer recently. And I just saw that the, the, the worry I used to have, oh, why is this not working yet? I've done all I know to do. Why is this not doing? All those things just died. It just died. It just like, if it happens, fine. To God be the glory. If it does happen, God be the glory. Because I also realize that God does not reward you according to how men celebrate you. He rewards you according to you fulfilling what he has called you to fulfill. Mary's assignment was to birth Jesus, not to be assistant Jesus. Praise God. So ensure you know your will and then you um, align with it and then you'll be blessed. But I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Lord, help me. Help me. I lay down my ambitions. I lay down my desires before the altar. It is natural to desire to be successful. It is natural. It is human to desire to blue, to be everywhere, where they are talking about you everywhere. It is natural. It's not a bad thing. But I lay that desire, Lord, before you. If it is in any way outside of your will, Lord, take away that desire, Lord. Let your fire try my desire. Let your fire try my desire. Can you lift your voices to pray that prayer and cry to God? Cry to God. Cry to God. I heard Bishop Oedipo say, if your hand, if your finger is not in it, I don't want to put my hand in it. If, you have, if God is not going to give it to me, I don't want it. Lord, try my desire. Why do I want to be rich? Is it so I can oppress people and show them that God loves me more than he loves them? Or is it to bring the counsel of the Almighty to pass? Lord, try my heart. Try my reins. Try my heart. Try my reins. If there be any evil desire. Oh, somebody praying this. This evening, someone praying this evening. Obesila Parasketile Badashia. Zore iske fetile kosheteba. Zekoske fekoske siya kata. Soroske fedoske paradishke siya. Lode masko fretishke parasotete. No, my thoughts. Aya loske fetishke siya. Alevasko vende isatila kosia. Psalm 139 verse 23 should be the prayer you pray regularly. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. My desire for success. My desire for marriage. My desire for a child. Is it just so that I show people that I'm fertile, I'm fruitful, I'm not, a, I'm not bad? Is that the desire? Is the desire to give you a servant, a son. Give me a son, I give you a prophet. Is that your desire or so that they stop mocking me? Lord, in the name of Jesus, search me, Lord. Search me in the light of your word. Search me, Lord, know my heart. You know me more than I know myself. You know me before I was formed in my mother's womb. Lord, search me. Search me, Lord, I pray. Search me, Lord. Oh, in any way that I've made mammon, 
a God. Lord, I repent today. I repent today. Ah, even if you don't bless me, you are still God. The Hebrew boy said, even if God is able to deliver us from this fire, but even if he does not, we still will not bow. Lord, try my heart, I pray, and I repent for every desire that does not glorify your name. Lord, every time I try to show off and make it look like, oh, I'm so powerful, Lord, search my heart. I repent in the name of Jesus. Look upon us in Sumi, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be just like every other ministry. We don't just want to be everywhere. We don't just want to be in every nation of the earth. If you are not sending us there, Lord, we have no business going. Lord, we repent for moves that we made without your direction. We repent for the things that we did, oh God, outside of your counsel. Lord, try our hearts. Try our motives in the name of Jesus. That our lives will be a blessing to this generation. Lord, we pray that you will lead us for your name's sake. I pray, Lord, and I bring your people so me before you. Search us, Lord. We repent, O oh God, on behalf of each and every one for the ways, O oh God, that we have gone out. We have the lust in our hearts, the greed in our heart has caused us to pursue certain things. It caused us to be anxious. Oh, if God has not done this, oh God, are you still on the throne? Because of the greed in our hearts, Lord, we have learned, oh God, that we need to seek you first. Your kingdom and your righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. Lord, we seek you. We know that you know what we need. We know you know we need promotion. We know you know we need lifting. We know you know these things before we even ask of them. Lord, as we seek you, Lord, in Sumi, I pray, Lord, that not just the ministers, not just the leaders, not just the selected few will be found doing your perfect will, Lord, I pray. But for the house of Sumi, the entire house of Sumi, Lord, that you will search us, Lord, and put your desires in our hearts, that our desire will be to do your will, to finish your work. Lord, I pray that you grant us grace and you help us. Lord, I know that there are many needs that come with the world that we live in. There are many things hugging on our hearts, looking for attention. But it is on you that we look. We ask that you help us. Forgive us truly, Lord, for the times where we've lusted after things. We've, we are covetous. Coveting other people's things and, and, and properties, and we just also want it so that we can say we too were blessed. But indeed, oh God, we look to you and we trust you to take care of us. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 The people of God that were blessed today say a big amen. Amen. And I salute you for.